The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the bar and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and our guest Charlie Clawson, uh, number one, Dave Anthony, has joined us once again. Hello, Dave. Hi. You're wearing a nice hat today. I am wearing a nice hat. You, you actually do, like, it's what, what sort of hat is that? God, how, I don't how would know you describe it? It's a hipster hat for sure. Yeah, it's I hipster. I don't know what it's called. Is it like a straw boater? Well, it's a Brixton, but I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I never know what hats are called. This is, is this a fedora? It's not a fedora. It's Maybe. A, it's fedora-esque. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. It, remind, it, it reminds me of something someone would have worn in Cuba in the 50s. Yeah, and it gives you a little bit of that look. Yeah, it does. And you've got like a, um, uh, like a khaki sort of like, you know, a shirt on as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you kind of have that look of like, you know what you look like? You look like a... Uh, a grizzled war correspondent. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah, yeah, like yeah. the look. Because you've got your computer in front of you at the moment. Like, so it's all, like you're like typing out some sort yeah, of like story. story. Yeah. And you're a hard drinking. Oh, yeah. Carousing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll go to, yeah, beyond enemy lines to places you shouldn't of course, go. Of course I will. To find well, a story. Yeah, I follow the lead. Right. And, I, and I, I track it all the way until I can kill it. You've got eight wives in eight, well, eight different cities. I mean, wives is an interesting term. <laughs> Have you ever uh, been a thrill seeker in that, like, you know, have you ever thought it'd be great to go to some war zone or some nope. crazy country and nope. put myself in the... Fuck no. Never. Never? Never. A- a- are you a thrill seeker of any kind? No. Like, not at all? Well, I mean, my my whole life is taking a risk, uh, you know, being a comedian, but other than that, no. I'm not... <laughs> I thought you were going to say... Life's a risk, baby. Life's crazy. We're all adventurers, man. Fuck no, I am in a constant state of panic. From the first time I came out on that umbilical cord bungee. Because <laughs> I bungeed into life. I just jumped into this and I kept running. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? Life, right? Yeah. You know when the adventure ends? With a gravestone, That's man. That's fucking right. <laughs> you know when I stop jumping is when I jump into that grave. That's it. And I'm out. As the great uh, John Bon Jovi said, man, sleep when you're dead. That's right. Right. Jovi forever. Yeah. Uh, People don't uh, often say the great Bon Jovi. The great poet of our time. (laughs) Because you never know. Like, you never know in the future Mm -hmm. who's going to be. Because the most popular artist, if you look back in the history of entertainment and art, this rings true. Uh, I would say, uh, I, I don't know if all the time, mm-hmm. but a lot of the time, you know, the biggest bands at the time aren't necessarily the bands that are best remembered. True. And the greatest musicians of all time, like, you know, and artists like your Picassos and those sort of people weren't necessarily the biggest artists 
of the day. So you're telling me that I'm going to be remembered? What I'm saying and is... And you're not? <laughs> <laughs> well, William Shakespeare wasn't necessarily the best regarded True. Like, uh, playwright of his day. Right. He was the populist right. playwright of his day. So he... It, we might like you know a hundred years from now they might be looking back on the you know the the great works of Michael Bay might be the things that have been constantly reinterpreted oh. and people might be quoting the poetry of John Bon Jovi true yeah there might be there might be politicians you know who are making their you know their speeches and they say you know look I'm I'm a I'm a cowboy and I'm a <laughs> steel horse I ride I'm wanted both dead and or alive Vote well, one. I don't want to live in that time. I don't. Really? No. Because I would look at everyone and go, I mean, you guys heard that, right? And everyone would be like, that's a really good point. I might invent a time machine just to stop that from happening. Right. Someone's at a press conference and it's like, I, like what is your uh, health policy? Uh, my health policy is that your love is like bad medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember any Bond joke. No, I, I was running. I was running out. Yeah, I mean, I was, there's not a lot of memorable ones, is there? People don't tend to. I, I've, I've never really seen anybody actually, you know, use Bon Jovi as a like. You don't see a lot of people with Bon Jovi inspirational quotes tattooed on them, or no, you don't. You should on their faces, right? Right. Well, sleep when I'm dead. You know that one. That's the mm-hmm. you know people do say that. Yeah, he had a lot of hits, right? We shouldn't we remember more. Bon Jovi. They've had heaps of hits. Did you have? Did you have? Um, was he? Were they big in Australia as well? Like they're still level? big in Australia. Well, that's upset. I've told this story on the podcast before, but I, when I was working at, um, at Triple M, which is the home of rock, sport, and comedy. Oh yeah, you don't have to tell me that. They uh, that they would play a lot of Bon Jovi. Really? Yeah, and so that we went to their concert, which was at I think there was probably fifty thousand people there. So yeah. and for the two and a half hours they played. No one sat down once. Like, from the minute they came on stage, people stood up. And for two and a half hours, people stood up and danced and cheered and had, like, the best time. There was even people who had tickets behind the stage. And they stood up and, like, they were... That's a bad They came out to look at speakers and occasionally see the back of John Bon Jovi's head. That's a terrible... And they loved it. That's crazy. They loved it in a way I haven't seen people love a concert. You can love a bad name. Oh, yeah, right. Living on a prayer. Oh, well, living on a prayer, yeah. One That's their the religious policy. <laughs> living on a prayer. So, bad medicine, that's health, and religion's covered by living on a prayer. What was the first one again? Um, you give love a bad name. All right, okay. Yep. Truth. Well, that, I, think, uh, I think that one's uh, domestic violence. Yep. <laughs> Want a dead or alive? Uh, well, that's their crime policy. Uh, never say goodbye. Never say goodbye is their uh, refugee policy. Let it rock. Let it rock is... Um, about the quarry. Yeah, <laughs> that's their mining policy. Yep. In and out of love. In and out of love is their contraceptive policy. She doesn't know me. Uh, is there... Also the contraceptive policy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure. And of course, run away. Uh, also because contraceptive right. policy. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of... Hey, John. <laughs> we, we love your policies, but it's, it's weird that you have only one policy on everything, but you have 17 contraceptive policies. That just... Yeah, it's weird, but yeah. it's what I believe in. It's, it's Bon Jovi's number one issue, contraception. If you want to live in Bon Jovia, 
Oh, well, is that what we're calling the place now? Yeah. Oh, man. that was one of my other policies. We're calling America Bon Jovi now. We are? Yeah. Okay, I'm fine with that. You can call America whatever you want. <laughs> I'm down with it. Uh, it's still the United States of Bon Jovi. Okay. So that's fine. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It, it, and the national anthem is now bad medicine. It, okay. <laughs> it, I mean, look, sporting events are going to be better. Right. And to sit through that shit. I stopped taking off my hat a while back. You guys take off your hats? Oh, uh, when the national anthem's up? Mm-hmm. Well, you I guess we do. You don't when, wear hats. We don't, well. You're what I would call a hat coward. I don't wear hats. <laughs> Personally, no. I would love to wear hats. Why? Because hats are easy. You don't have to do, do your they, hair. Do they look weird on you or something? Yeah. You have a small head? I don't have a small head, though. What I is, just have a head the... that doesn't look good. Oh, I have a head that doesn't look good without hair. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I once shaved all my hair off. Oh, like, shit. That's and it looks terrible. Bad couple of months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like. So, you have to keep And your I hair. thought it would look good. So, when it looked terrible, it was as much a surprise to me as it was to other people. Yeah. It wasn't just like I got a haircut and other people were like, oh my God, he thinks that looks good, but it looks terrible. Yeah, everyone was like, we're in agreement on this, right? Like, I just wanted to start every conversation with, yeah, I know, I know, I, I look... Yeah, it's horrible. I know, it looks terrible. Do you... I'm so, so sorry, everybody. I didn't realize my head would look this terrible, but it looks terrible. How about this? I, I didn't shave it, but I cut it really down. And I was living in San Francisco... And I'm walking down the street and a skinhead, racist skinhead walks by me and goes, hey brother, gives me a nod like I'm one of them. Right. Then I grew my hair out. You had shaved your pubes as well and we're walking down the street without pants. And I, had, and I had swastika on my yes. <laughs> You had puppetry of the penis, your penis into a swastika. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Have you seen puppetry of the penis? I supported puppetry of the penis. What do you mean you... you... Financially. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm their sponsor. Uh, no, I, uh, when they first started doing gigs, cause they're all from Melbourne. Oh, um, I know the dudes quite well. Oh really? And, uh, so when they first did a show at the Melbourne, cause it started as, I'll tell you the publisher of the penis origin story. Please as do, I know because it. that's the fascinating thing is like, how do, um, I assume it was just some guy sitting around high in their apartment and went, Hey, look at this. Right. I assume so too. Jeff. So they did a calendar first. So the guy who's, who used to do, and I think it would, I think it was to raise money, but mm-hmm. I may not be right about that. Well, it's to raise money. Yeah. But I think it was for a good cause. For a cause, yeah. But it may not have been. Yeah. May for have just kid, been kids without penises. Yeah. <laughs> Girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Girls. I always forget their names. Girls. That's what we call. Them. Hey, you guys had a baby. Did you have a boy or a kid without a penis? <laughs> We painted, we painted the room pink. Oh, you having a kid without a penis? <laughs> Fantastic! Congratulations. I don't know about anatomy. It's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one doesn't have a penis. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so they did a calendar, and the guy who did my publicity photos back in the day, the James Penn Ladies, uh-huh. great comedy photographer, does a lot of uh, uh, people's um, uh, comedy festival posters. Yeah. Uh, so he he shot it. I know. And uh, it was a calendar. So they did like a 12 months of the year, 12 different dick tricks. Uh-huh. And uh, it was so successful that they turned it into a live stage show. They were show. like, let's take this live. Right. So much like uh, Hollywood looked at the board game Battleship and thought, there's a movie in this. And it worked. Didn't it? Nope. 
So, <laughs> and then, and then. <laughs> so they did a, a live stage show version of it. And 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 were, were you were you friends with them before they did the live stage show stage show or after? So. I think that I met Friendy um, maybe when they were doing the live stage show, when they started hanging out at the comedy festival. Uh-huh. Uh, but Simon, who created it, was a comedy promoter, I'm going to say. Uh-huh. And I reckon he'd done a lot of tours and stuff with comedians that I knew. Right. So I think, and I think that's also why he thought, well, we could turn this into a show. It was because he had, that was his background, was, com- yeah, was yeah. comedy promotion. Uh, and so I knew him from, from around the traps. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe had even done some gigs for him or something like that, but I knew him already had not seen his cock though. Right. I mean, that's how I, that's how I am with most of my friends. Whereas I think I met Friendy at about the same time as I saw his cock. Right. So it's a different relationship. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a BC or AC <laughs> yeah, it thing. Is. That's how I measure time. <laughs> with all my friends, uh, when people say, how long have you guys known each other? I'm always like, what do you mean? How long have we known each other since I've seen his cock? Or, and they go, no, cock and balls. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different one as well. So, uh, so I knew these guys uh, and they started doing like live shows and we did a, uni- I think it was at a university thing. So sure, like, sure. It was university, a university sure. night. And uh, so that would never happen in America, by the way. What do you mean? Uh, university? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Places where people go and learn things. Fuck no. Um, no, I don't think you would ever be able to do puppetry of the penis at a university here. I, I might be wrong. On the not on the college comedy tour. No, 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 no. People would f- flip out. Too many uh, right wingers would lose their minds. I mean, it's not like it's not like playing with your penis is an exclusively left wing agenda. No, but it's against. I would. I mean, anyone who has this. a penis has at some stage played with it. Well, not Christ. How did he? He piss? didn't. He would just take it out and scream the whole time he was peeing. Then how did he take it out? Even well, he would lift up his robe. Oh, I guess that's the other robe. The whole time he to... would scream at it and go, "You're wrong. You're bad. You're wrong." <laughs> and this is just what I gather from the the from the scripture. <laughs> From the Midwest, the people that understand Christ more than me. Right. Yeah. He would scream at his own penis. Well, it's a terrible thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I think this is somewhere in the Bible. The Lost Chapters. (laughs) It's in there, trust me. Yeah, it was when they got uh, Damon Lindelof in to punch up the last third of the Bible. Yeah, exactly. Because people people would enjoy it. Yeah, Yeah. how about a better ending? Yeah. can you just wrap up some of the shit from the First Testament? People have been I mean, hanging on. Yeah. Wait, how does the penis stuff end? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, they started doing shows, and so I did support for them one night. You, and, and how long is their show? Uh, oh, about eight inches. Come on! Hey! 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 Good night, fof out. This podcast is over. <laughs> forever. Like, forever. Um... At the start, I think it was about 30 minutes. Like, they had, like, a set that they could take to those sort of things. Uh-huh. Uh, because basically what happens is... Yeah, what does happen? That's a long time to be fucking around with your penis. They come out with capes on. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> so, it's like, so, so far, it's like my show. <laughs> <laughs> and the capes 
are actually, are, it's amazing, but it's a remarkable decision. It's such uh-huh. a great creative decision yeah. because otherwise they would just be naked. Well, like otherwise you've got to make some other decision. Yeah. Because essentially you don't really have to be naked from the waist up. Right. But it's a weird, it's a weirder show. If someone comes out, I reckon with like their t-shirt on I would with be, no pants on. I would be dressed formal. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. But then you have to have everything cut off at the waist still. Even True. if you're in a formal outfit, you yes, couldn't have you like do. a shirt that hung down or anything because you've got to keep. Right. So you, even if you were dressed formal, you'd have to have it all cut off around yeah. the same you're length that you want. At some point, the clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that you could get to the junk. Yeah. Get to the stuff. I mean, technically, I suppose you could wear some sort of like chaps. Right. You can have a wetsuit sort of arrangement where yeah. you just... Where you have the that part tailored. You could blue man group it up. You know what I mean? Like you're in a sort of... Blue... Well, I mean, just in... Or look like a cyclist or like, you know, one yeah. of those all yeah, over yeah, yeah. suits, yeah. but just junk out. Yeah, junk out. Which is what I would have called the show. In fact... I feel like they've um, missed an opportunity. Yeah. In well, fact, maybe we could reboot it. You're friends with them. Right. But they we could still do it. We could do, but we could do a different version. Are they still? Do they? Will they do? They They're do a franchise now. Whoa! What? Yeah, they franchised it out. There's what? puppetry of the penis groups all over the world doing the act. We what? Yes, they are an international franchise. So like, like Riverdance. Like <laughs> <laughs> they are Australia's Riverdance. Oh, Australia! Is that what you want? That's what. That's what we call them back home. I mean... People like Puppetry of the Penis were like, oh, Australia's River Dance. Australia's River Dance? Yeah. Well, I mean, they sold that. They're Australia's Cirque du Soleil. They're our international export. I feel like it's... In the like, same way as there's Cirque du Soleil doing that show in, you know, Melbourne at the same time as there is the one in Vegas. Yeah. That's what it's like with Puppetry of the Penis. There are people making their penis into a hamburger well, all how, over the world. How are the... How are the auditions? I mean, I think it would have been a great reality show. Oh, it would have. You know? You're absolutely right. Like, I mean... Why isn't it? Well, I imagine because you would have to blur out the genitals. Is there... Thus, everyone would look exactly the same. Is there a Puppetry of the Penis in America franchise? Yeah, there was, I believe. In Vegas? I think it was Vegas or... They might have been played, like, off-Broadway or something. I could see New York. Yeah. I can't see... I can't see anywhere else. Maybe Vegas, maybe. I mean, there there might be a casino that's like, hey, let's... Switch it up. Right. I mean, it's a great night out. It, it's fun for all the family. <laughs> it's a great night out. <laughs> it's so the male version of uh, vagina logs. Well, the, but the interesting thing about it is the audience is predominantly women. Like it's, you know, yeah, women it's a, are Women can't believe what men do with their penis. No, and it's, and it's one of those things that your initial impulse would be, Okay, it'll be funny for the first couple. Yeah, and then you. But like, then you'll oh. be like, oh god. Yeah. But they've structured it in a way. I because there, they're in the in the um, cabs, which is just hilarious. There's but a lot, it's is all there a twist. <laughs> well, there's a lot of twists. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of turns. Uh, yeah, they finish with a vagina. It's amazing. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, their penis goes completely into them. <laughs> Amazing. So they trick. become men without penis. <laughs> um, so they, uh, it's all projected on big screens. Uh-huh. Oh, so wow. You can see the intricate. So they turn around, you know, to put them into the, like what they're going to become, the windsurfer or the uh-huh. fruit bat or the, you know, yeah. wristwatch or whatever it is they're going to belt out. 
And so they turn their back, so the capes are there. So you get to kind of see that, like, you know, them jiggling around, you know, yeah. but you don't see anything. And they turn around and they reveal. Hey, hey, it's a fruit bat. Right. So, and it gets funnier each time. Oh, it does. Yeah. It and, really does. And um, for reasons I can't explain to you. Do these guys have big penises? They yes. have to, right? Yeah. They and, they, up and, and they have penis related injuries. Like, it is. Really? Like they've they've suffered some like what's what's uh well they do like it they tear the tissue? they do a funny bit in the show about all the injuries and you know and warnings for people you know who might try to try it at home and that's yeah. sort of, that's kind of part of the shtick yeah but yeah they can you can have like impotency problems really and all sorts of things because do these guys have girlfriends or wives oh several of each I think. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know if the, their stage show has has created any problems in their life. I wish I'd had them on. Now that I think about it, they they had a PR person ask us if uh, if they could come on before we went to Melbourne. We, used, we, we I was like, no, I don't know what I'd say to them. We used to have them on our radio show all the time. Really, and the thing that I um, learned was. That because it's like they're doing dick tricks, like how do you do that on radio? Yeah, right? yeah. So what we used to do is we'd just get everyone from around the office in the studio. So you get like you know eight girls from sales and stuff, yeah. and you get them in the studio, and then we'd describe what was going on, and yeah. all you'd hear was their Gasp. horrified gasps, <laughs> and it made great radio. Like I mean, you'd listen to it and you go, "This is really funny." Like you don't need to actually see what's going on well so, the difference between that and a stage show is that they're just in a room with guys doing stuff with their penis right which is slightly criminal <laughs> in nature so it's pretty amazing to watch but they had to retire their cocks basically because their cocks were too beat up yeah really yeah they were like so do I'm they getting have, too old for this shit they <laughs> <laughs> their poor cocks like I'm only five days from retirement so do they have permanent cock injuries like are they like a, a professional athlete that's like my knees just don't work anymore is that what they're like with it? But it was worth it, man. <laughs> For the glory. I saw the world yeah. and the world saw my dick. Who else can say that? Yeah, now they're ex... I, I, I assume they'd love for it to become a thing that could be passed on because then they could become, you know, the they're the guys who'd be like the commentators on, you know, the cocky show where yeah. they're reviewing who's yeah. doing well. And, you know, they're the legends of the industry. But they, I assume they don't have permanent, permanent injuries because I think... Both of them, or at least Friendy, I'm pretty sure, brought the cock out of retirement this year. Oh, like, really? Yeah, it was like original cast. Really? Yeah. You know They're what? They're back, and this time it's Honey, personal. I know I said I was out. <laughs> I know I said I was out, but I was just in the bathroom, and I made a butterfly. Right. And I'm like, I got to get back in the game. I just love this. I just it's love, my true calling. I love... I've got to get back into it. Making animals with my dick. It'd be great to make like one of those you know, typical movies about someone who, like, you know... Uh, you know, mostly a cop or like you know yeah. an ex oh yeah World War Z that's essentially like uh-huh. what it is yeah. yeah there's a worldwide zombie <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that can stop it is Friendy's cock oh man you've got to bring it back man that's beautiful yeah. bring it back take it out of retirement I said I'd never do it again <laughs> cut to the car accident <laughs> montage he's doing it for the kids they're in the back laughing I mean, they're older. (laughs) (laughs) Nice save. Jesus Christ. Stop talking. (laughs) Don't stop. We still have half a a podcast to fill. So if I do my one-man show and I don't actually come up with enough time, can I just take my cock out? 
Well, you can't just take it out unless it's like inherently funny just on presentation. Well, what if I like do like 25 minutes of material and yeah. then it's clear that I don't have any more and I just say, ah, fuck it, and I take my cock out? What happens now? Well, then I talk to it. How are you dressed? Um, I am dressed like a, uh, I have a sombrero and a giant black mustache. <laughs> All right. And I'm in a poncho. Well, I gotta be honest with you. And there's a donkey. Oh, where's the donkey? He's just off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Is it an actual donkey? Yeah. Yeah, I had him flown in. Does he not bay? During the is that is that what they call no, quiet yeah. during the oh he's a quiet donkey yeah he's a quiet donkey like how do they keep him quiet why had his vocal cords removed <laughs> oh my god you're a horrible person oh, he's a show donkey everyone knows that's how donkeys work right but really yeah we take out their vocal cords okay Russ they just ruin the show right yeah but does he enjoy being in the show oh I have no idea I put him in his cage afterwards I never talked to him <laughs> oh my god you're a horrible monster I feed him. All right. Did you get? Did you source the donkey locally, or did you bring the donkey in from America? I brought the donkey in from America. We have a six-week quarantine period, so oh, fuck me. So I've sent him in early. He'll be there when I get there. All right. I mean, look, the donkey's a pro. He's been around. Okay. I, I rescued him from uh, sex shows. <laughs> <laughs> and by rescued, I mean I went in guns a blazing. I shot everybody in the place, and I got that fucking donkey out of there. He was hard for a week. <laughs> you you try to explain that to your wife. <laughs> it's all part of the show. It's all part of the show. Uh, Dave, now that you're doing a one-hour show, has it changed the way you approach your comedy at all? Well. <laughs> How do you feel about an erect donkey? <laughs> because we now own one. How do you feel about an erect donkey? That's the name of my show. <laughs> and what does the poster for how do you feel about an erect donkey look like? Well, it's me yeah. in a sombrero yeah. with a black, large black mustache yeah. pointing at a donkey's cock that's erect. <laughs> Just the cock or is it on the donkey? No, you just see the you. Ju- it's a close up of the cock, so right. you, you don't see you don't see that it's a donkey, but it's implied <laughs> in the title of the show. Yeah, right, right. I mean, that's that's a good point. Yeah. All right, and it just goes through all the emotions I felt. So, so you do twenty five minutes of material, right? Donkey just off to the side, right? And everyone's like, "Why is the donkey there?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you take out your cock, right? And you, what, you start talking to... I start making butterflies with it. And other assorted insects. Uh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, what I love for a start is... You, your first instinct is to make tiny animals. Well... Tiny animals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. no, like... Well, because if you make a tiny animal... Yeah. And, and, you're, and it's actually bigger when you do it with your cock, then it looks gigantic. <laughs> hey, this is an aphid. Everyone's like, oh my god, aphids are enormous. That's a good point, because puppetry of the penis tend to make tiny penis-sized versions of normally big things, like the Sydney Opera House. That looks like a tiny thing. Right, you're the opposite. You take tiny things and enlarge them through the power of your cock. Right. Okay. 
I mean, I've thought this out. <laughs> I'm not a moron. All right, um, well, that sounds good. And then, um, and the donkey I've taught to roll its eyes. Oh, well, so, that's good. So when I make, say, a, a ladybug, uh-huh. uh, then he'll roll his eyes. <laughs> and the crowd erupts in laughter. I think they would, actually. Yeah. And then at the end, I shoot the donkey. <laughs> Every night? Yeah. <laughs> Is he wearing like a vest or yeah, something? Yeah, a steel plate. <laughs> do, do you already have the steel plate or? I had it put in. What, after the first time you shot him or? No, before. Oh, okay. Well, I, knew that, I knew that shooting him would kill him. There's a steel plate in his head. I'm not a moron. Look, he's just happy to not be in the sex show anymore. Although... Technically, this is becoming more and more of a sex show. <laughs> people, people are going to want to see this, right? Right. If I did all this... People would actually want to see that. <laughs> I mean, that is probably the greatest irony of the conversation we're having is... Though we mock, if you genuinely did manage to pull this off, mm-hmm. there is no doubt it would be the hit of the festival. Mm-hmm. Step aside, Arch. There's a new American in town. It would be Jim Rose Circus-esque. Yeah. Did you guys, did that ever go down there? Yeah. Fucking horrible. He came and did a couple of uh, comedy festivals until uh, people realized that they hated him. Yeah. Like him, the person. Yeah, yeah. People, he was not a pleasant person to be around. Yeah. And he was cool at the time because uh, it had just come off like that X-Files Simpsons you know, for a minute, Jim Rose Circus oh, would, yeah. like just had this moment in pop culture yeah. where they were in The Simpsons as as guests, you know, yeah. and that they were there was an episode of The X Files that, and it was like a really kind of their moment, yeah. And that they that's when they came down to Australia and they were terrible people. Yeah, well, who? Well, he no, they weren't. Like his sideshow, a lot of the dudes in that were actually Fine. cool cats. Right. And from what I heard, he was like. Basically, he had the same attitude to his, you know, freak show people as Paula Dean had to her ah, employees. Fair enough. Yeah. It was yeah. like, you should be happy to be here and here's some free beer you should be and happy, shut up. You should be happening, happy that I'm attaching an handle to your sack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I was somewhere and I met some of them. I was at something, either in a show with them or after a show, but I did hang out with them and they were nice. I didn't meet him, though. No, but the, he was terrible. The sidekick. I met him. People putting needles in themselves and whatnot. Yeah, it's a commitment. Like, it's there's, a, still, I don't even know why you do it. Well, I mean, you gotta make a living, right? I I know a guy who's like a a, a sideshow performer, like a um, a street performer is, I guess, really what he uh-huh. does. But he's done a lot of circus and they've done theater shows of it as well. Uh-huh. Um, and he was a uh, prefect at my. High school. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, he was the dude who went round and told people they had to pull up their socks or they have to That's go to detention. In- and now he makes a living by laying on a bed of nails and having someone drop a bowling ball on him from a great height. Talk about uh, rebound. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, insane. But he's a cool cat. Like, yeah. and he has a good life and he has, like, a wife and a kid. And, like, you know, they he makes a... Like, he travels to festivals and does shows and yeah. that sort of thing and does it. But... Like, a lot of it's still just street work, like, you know, doing that sort yeah. of 
but that was his choice. Like, and he's a crazy looking dude and he's got weird tattoos and he hangs weights off his nipples and he... That's insane. Yeah. How do you explain that to your kid? Because I have a hard time, like, oh, yeah, right. friends like, okay, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I make people laugh. And he's like, okay. Should you be lying to your child? Like but then sometimes like I worked on a TV show so he'll, we'll drive by a studio and be like daddy used to work there Yep. daddy what do you do now I make people laugh and then I took him to I was going to do one of Doug Benson's podcasts the other day and I brought him because my wife was going to come pick him up right before it started and he was like where are you working and I was like in this booth <laughs> like it's like but I, but, I, but I also never have to go like well I hang weights from my tits right like that's hard well I and, guess I guess if you grow up around your dad testing stuff out yeah like you get used to it like in that way that people don't know that how their family are is weird until you go out into the world like yeah. until you go to school and stuff like that and start talking to other kids yeah you don't know, necessarily know that that's odd what your dad does right. is odd compared to what other people's dads do or whatever right and, so you know that's by the time you're five or six you've seen your dad's and I imagine when you're a little kid like seeing oh, your dad do crazy tricks like that right? wouldn't you think that was the greatest thing ever yeah I would like imagine. if your dad could lay on a bed of nails and someone dropped a fucking bowling ball on plates on his stomach and they smashed yeah as a kid that you'd fucking lose your mind you'd think you that would. was the most awesome thing ever I don't know you would on one level but I bet a lot of kids would be terrified because they still know that that's Kids still understand physical pain and like limitations and what they like. If you saw your dad with with uh, like a a weight hanging from his nipple, you I think a kid even at any age would be like, well, that's fucked up. If I saw my dad doing that, I definitely <laughs> uh, something's gone wrong on the farm. <laughs> what if he had a pig hanging from his nipple? <laughs> so, uh, I guess. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I think you would tell your kid when you're older. I think you would just say you did shows. Do they have to work out? Like, if you lay on a bed of nails and have a bowling ball thrown on you, do you have to do that like every couple of days, or can you take a month off and just jump back into it? It's not one of those things you you want to be rusty at the start. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think that a lot of that stuff. I mean, I know things like sword swallowing because I was talking to. Uh, a dude I know who's a, a sword swallower and like a really internationally rena- renowned sword yeah. swallower. And he was busking at the Byron Markets from when he was 15. And he, I said to him, how did you learn how to do it? Yeah. Like, you know, and he said, it's, it's literally just you have to train your body. And right. for four years, he stuck a sword down his throat and like he had times where he was, like he, he'd vomit every day and he'd oh. do it every day until eventually like he could train his way to be able to do it. But he just said, like, that's all it was. It wasn't, you know, there's no particular trick or secret to it other than are you willing to spend four years learning how to swallow a sword? Because if you are... Payoff's huge. Then you can do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. I'm still not going to do it. I'm not going to do any of that. No, I'm going to try to make people laugh. But I like um, the circus. Like, I think there's something... Like, when I go and see Shep, this dude, do... um, his shows and they would do these kind of like sideshow things where he was like the ringmaster and there'd be like four other performers doing different yeah. you know, things and they made it a show and it was kind of rock and rolly with good lights. They even did it, I think at the Sydney Opera House, like at yeah. some stage, you know, it was a cool, you know, execution of it all about the history of sideshow and stuff right. like that. 
And I, I do find something quite fascinating about... Yeah, there is. Like, that you know, stuff, yeah. And it's liberating, too, this idea of all these, like... I just know this band of traveling, you know... Yeah. Crazies? Crazies. They are crazies. Yeah. Does he listen to this podcast? I mean... Or does he eat it? (laughs) (laughs) Has anybody ever gotten really hurt that you know of? Of his part of his group or anybody he does it with? Like oh. there's, there's got to be someone that's like, uh, well, there goes my eye, right? I mean, there's right. got to be like you've got to. There's got to be a lot of guys in retirement that are like, well. Oh no, I think that's yeah. I, I definitely think that's got to be the case. And there's also got to be that sort of thing of like occasion. I think you just have to adapt. Like if you lose your eye, that becomes part of the act. Oh no, you're, yeah, and then you change to something else. Yeah, you stick something else. Hey, you know how of... you know how I used to be a pretty cool two-handed juggler of chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. Well, now <laughs> I think I'm a more impressive one-handed uh, juggler of chainsaws. Yeah, you do adapt. Right. You. you know what my new hook is? A hook. <laughs> I literally have a hook on my hand. I'm gonna put that in yeah. my cheek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. They they must walk around all day just looking at stuff going, ah, can I put that in me? Right. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Right, though. What is that, a lamp? Yeah. I could probably snap that in half and put it in my stomach. But there is something fascinating about seeing people do that shit when... Well, it's horrifying. There's one guy in there who just does that thing where he goes through the... puts his whole body through a tennis racket. What? Have you ever seen anyone do that? What are you talking about? So they about? get like an old fashioned, um, like, you know, wooden tennis racket, yeah. like, and he can manipulate his entire human body through that tennis racket hole out the other side. What are you talking about? <laughs> so they take, oh, they take the strings out. Did I not mention that? That's important. Uh, no, I assumed. But yeah. still, what are so, you talking about? Well, what I'm talking about <laughs> is the exact same thing that I've said. <laughs> I know that. Yes. But what are you... Do- what? Right. So a human man... <laughs> a human man takes off his clothes, how, most of his clothes. How great would it be if aliens came down yeah. and they said, hello, we're here from Zlorb. And we said, okay, hold on. First thing, <laughs> we want to show you something. Billy, come here. <laughs> Get the racket. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. You're going to love this. Like, this is what we're capable of. And then he does it, and they just go, all right, see you later. Right. Oh, yeah, we're cool. <laughs> or if they just said, uh, okay, you win. Yeah. And they just got back in the ship, and they took off. Uh, or, or they're like, yeah. <laughs> Bring in the guy with the long fingernails. The guy who's been growing the fingernails for 25 years. See if they like that one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking of people who do impressive things, I found an article uh, in the um, newspaper celebrating the uh, 60th anniversary of uh, oh. Sir Edmund Hillary yeah. and Tenzing Norgay yeah. uh, making it up uh, to the top of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. And so they had some facts yeah. about uh, Mount Everest. Yeah, a lot of bodies. Thought we might run through some of the. I thought, you know what would be nice on this podcast? Right. How about, how about some we. Facts. Yeah, how about we run through some actual facts instead of making stuff up? Right. Well, I thought maybe we could use the facts 
as a basis to then make stuff up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we can start with facts. And that will be a nice change. Sure. So here are some facts about Mount Everest uh, from, from the paper. Uh, the officially recognized height of Mount Everest is uh, 29,029 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on a 1954 ground-based measurement. A disputed satellite-based measurement in Uh-oh. 1999 Uh-oh. suggests that it was six feet taller. What? what? Fuck you, well, what, satellite. How, yeah. Well, also, it, so some dude put all that work in and then some machine's going to be like, nope. Idiot. Out by a whole stupid. human. You were off by a human. Yeah. Oh, did you forget about the Sherpa? There's just Sherpa standing at top. I know. I could look see at you. The picture. Look at you, Dave Anthony, defender yeah. of the Sherpa. I fucking. In fact, that's actually a bit what you look like. A Sherpa. You look no. You look no. like a guy who's gone out to write about the Sherpas and yeah. get this story out to the world. Yeah. You got your fancy big city hat on. Uh huh. And I, you, I drink whiskey the whole time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or whatever Sherpas drink. Whiskey made from goat's milk or something. I feel like they don't drink alcohol. Really? Not when they're working. When they when they when they're coming down, yeah, they probably yeah, drink. There's all these kind of, signs every don't don't drink and climb, guys. They, they drink some kind of rice whiskey. There are two main routes to the summit, so you can go north and south, southeast ridge from Nepal, and the north ridge from Tibet. There you go. Uh, okay. I would take uh, I would go Nepal. Nepal. Why? I don't know. I just think there's probably less of those little prayer flags. I wonder. <laughs> Because if you go up the Tibet side, you're ducking under. Right, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I wonder which one's the scenic route. Uh, mm. Which one's got the best view? That's what I would do. If hey, I'm climbing uh, Everest, I want then, the best view. Okay, ask me. Oh, I'm going to ask you? Mm-hmm. Which one's got the best view? Um, it's actually uh, one of the tallest mountains in the world, so... I mean, it's pretty much all good view. <laughs> it's nothing but good view? <laughs> yeah, there's not like... There's not a bad view. It's not like one side on one of the tallest mountains in the world where you go, oh, well, this is shit. This is shit. Yeah. What is that? Are those factories? Why did, why did I go up this side? What's on the other side? Oh, it's like a canyon. It's amazing. So why am I going up the factory side? You didn't ask. You never asked. You should have said which side has the best view. Why do you think this one's cheaper? You saved 84 bucks. Worth it? Ask questions, man. Do some research. Come on, chirp out. <laughs> uh, at least one person has died on Everest every year since oh, yeah. 1969. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's bodies all over that thing. Except in 1977. What? No one died in 77. What? That no. they know of? Really? No one died? Oh, yeah, apart from... Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa though, was big. <laughs> But no one, oh, not one right. person. Seventy-seven. Right. Good year. Must have been a must have been a good year for weather then. So Edmund Hillary's son Peter, mm-hmm. Pete, has climbed Everest mm-hmm. five times. You know what? Get over it. You're never going to be as good as your dad. <laughs> good God! Find your own fucking way, man. Open up a goddamn store or something. What do you like? What do you like? There's got to be a lot of pressure oh, growing up. Yeah. The son of someone as legendary yeah. as Sir Edmund Hillary. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's going to be very hard to live up to the standards of someone who 
was the first guy to climb to the yeah. highest mountain in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an A-type personality. No, that's someone huge, who, who, hugely. And, and every night at, 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 you know, dinner, he sits down and goes, all right, so uh, I guess we should start out by saying that I climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> What'd you do today, Pete? Well, Dad, uh, that's Sir Dad. Sir to Dad. You. Sir it's Dad. Sir Dad. Sir Dad. Do you see my name on that uh, that in, uh, tent? They named tents after me. Tents. So, what'd you do today, Pete? That's how all it happens. From what I've heard, actually, uh, Sir Edmund and Hillary was uh, douchebag. <laughs> no, I heard he's. I've heard he's a nice guy. Nice to nice Yeah, chat. that's what I hear. Is he still alive? Uh, He's got to be dead. I don't think he is, no. Um, but uh, You know when he died? No. 77. <laughs> Go figure that shit out. <laughs> Go work that out in your brain. It's like one of those Final Destination movies where <laughs> if someone's saved on the mountain, the mountain will take a life. Uh, I'm looking up his, uh, yeah, so he uh, died in, uh, wow, he died at 88 in uh, 2008. Yeah, there you go. In Auckland. He died in New Zealand. Goddamn. Well, this is the interesting part of this story. Todd Sampson, who's a guy I do a television show with in Australia, who's climbed Everest. Really? Yeah. And he uh, was in New Zealand, and he... Uh, this was when Sam and Hillary was obviously still alive and he looked him up and his details were just in the phone book. What? And he got in a cab and just thought, well, I'm going to go say I'm hi. Go and see if I can like, you know, say hello to him. Not so not he's not. got in the cab. No, this, no. even before this, I, what I love is he got in the cab, given, given the address and the cab driver's like, oh, you got an Edmund Hillary's house. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he loves strangers. So he's gone there. Yeah. And yeah, no, but apparently Sir Edmund um, like invited him in. They had a cup of tea. They what? talked about Everest. He like gave him some advice. What? And, yeah, like just rocked up at his door. And, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and apparently he was very cool about it and, and very nice. So, wow. <clears throat> so when I say I've heard he's really nice, I'm basing most of it on that story. To well, be that, honest, that's but. pretty nice because I would be like, I can't. What? Who are you? What's happening? Mm. Go go away. It was weird that he had kept a Sherpa as a slave. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. He did not. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. And all the Sherpa did was sit in a corner and make shapes out of his penis. <laughs> and kill a donkey. Uh, so Edmund, yeah, so his son's been up there five times. Uh, Tenzing Norgay. Huh? Tenzing Norgay. Okay. Uh, was the first Sherpa. He was the Sherpa who climbed with Sir Edmund For Hillary. sure. Uh unsuccessfully tried to get to the top of Everest six times before reaching it with, with Hillary. You are not a good Sherpa. A good Sherpa can run up and down that thing in a couple hours. <laughs> right? Right. 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 Um, uh, the safest year on Everest was 1993, mm-hmm. when 129 people reached the summit and mm-hmm. eight died. Uh-huh. A ratio of 16 to 1. Yeah. That's still a lot of death. That's like, a lot of dead people. Like it, if someone said to you, hey, I want you to do something, one out of 16 people would die, my answer would be like, no. My answer would be like, 
You talking about meth? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? What are we, what are we talking we doing? about right now? What are we am, doing? I, am I making a meth lab? Right. <laughs> is that what's happening? Uh, that's a lot. That is a lot. Like, and that puts it in context when I say I know someone who, I like, I kind of, there's this part of me that I know that he climbed Everest. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, people climb Everest now. You know, it's a no, thing that people do. It's still, it's still a really Everest. fucking massive deal. Yeah, no, you're putting your life on the line. Yeah. Yeah. One in 16 people that's, in the best fucking year. Yeah. That was their best year. Yeah, that was good One year. One in 16 died. Yeah, they had a party afterwards. They're like, this shit was awesome. That was a fucking... We did not lose a lot. Exactly. And someone else is like, really? Because my father's dead. <laughs> and they said, well, you shouldn't be at the party. Because you're a bummer. This is about celebrating. And the weird thing was, that person's father had been dead for years. Dead for years. Yeah, and Since not... And it was... 1976. <laughs> <laughs> And that poor son of a bitch had to go a whole year, and everyone's like, "Great year, no one's dying." Yeah, he's been he's been angry for a while. Uh, deadliest year, nineteen ninety six. Was that the year of Into the Mist, a book Ooh, by John Krakauer, a great book about climbing Mount Everest and a bunch of people dying. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, one in ten. Oh, here we go. We're one in ten successful climbs to the summit ends in death. So you've got a one in chance. You're talking about a oh, 10% chance of dying to get to the top of a thing. Yeah. To get to the like, top of a thing. It's like major surgery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fastest descent. Oh, here we go. Oh, descent. Okay, Sherpa. fastest down. This, this, is the, this is the famous Sherpa roll. Was, <laughs> which is also a local delicacy. <laughs> this is, yeah. The famous Sherpa roll. Uh, the okay fastest descent was made in 11 minutes what top to bottom in 11 minutes by jumping like what the fuck is that that's not possible by jumping Frenchman Jean-Marc Bolleven uh, paraglided uh, down oh fuck you that's cheating in 1988 fuck him <laughs> fuck you you know what you climb down you go up the way you came <laughs> you go down the way you came up or you paraglide up. <laughs> and then you can paraglide down. There's rules. I mean, they're unwritten, but they're rules. All right. Um, there's estimated to be about 120 dead bodies on the mountain. All, you can do whatever you want with them. <laughs> they're all there for the taking. <laughs> A lot of the people who are climbing Everest at the moment are organ donors in search of replacements. Because <laughs> they're perfectly frozen. They they're are. still they're in... Perfect. It's a good kidney. You, if you need... Yep. If you need a kidney and you're yep. willing to climb a mountain... Yep. I mean, it's basically... It's like a farm up there for body parts. You know what would be a, a good movie? A zombie film about the dead... Oh, yeah. The dead on Everest coming yep. to life. Yep. There you go. Maybe being like, attacked uh, by uh, they 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 come to life and they'd be like oh I can't move I'm frozen <laughs> <laughs> I have some plot points <laughs> uh, the youngest person to reach the top how about that how how, how how young do you think the youngest person to reach uh, the top would have been? 11 uh, not, not 11 did I blow it by going too young and now it's not going to be as like exciting because the person is going to be like 16 and then you're going to be like oh well you said 11 so you ruined how exciting 16 could have been 
Yes. <laughs> right. It's exactly what it's like. Oh, that's my fault. Uh, the youngest person to reach the top is Jordan Romero, who made it aged 13 in uh, 2010. 13? That's just bad parenting. <laughs> He told them that he was a part of his mate's box. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, Mrs. Granderson said I could stay there tonight. She said she said it was cool. Right. The worst thing was that 200 of his mates he invited on Facebook also came. So that was the... What? No. What? That was a joke. Like a... Was like a, a joke. Did they have a keg? a joke. I got it. <laughs> it's a joke. Okay. Woo! Um, I mean, there's always editing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care enough. <laughs> Fair enough. The Nepalese mm-hmm. call it Sagamantha, Sagamatha, Sagamatha. Have you read Sagalu? It's like a, it's like a spinach dish with potatoes. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> No, the Nepalese call it whatever they call it, meaning forehead. Uh-huh. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, yeah, forehead or goddess of the sky. Oh, so okay. it's either, they either call it the goddess of the sky I mean, or the forehead of the sky. This is one another, is much nicer than the is, other. Uh, also, this is another one. Lighten up. It's just a fucking mountain. You know what I mean? It's the world's biggest mountain. No, it's not. K2. It's the... It's like third or something. It's been me- There's been more measuring. <laughs> <laughs> Did they take in the extra six foot? That's the... Okay. Um, uh, what else can I tell you about it? Uh, in 1865, the mountain was renamed... Bobby. <laughs> for tax purposes. <laughs> uh, oh, it just used to be called Peak 15. Oh. It, it was only named Everest in 1865. I like that. They should have a name. I don't like the K2 and the... Yeah, no one wants you know, to peak 15. Number. Yeah. yeah, climb K2. Big deal. Who cares? Yeah. Everest. That's where the glory is. Yep. Um, a Nepalese government permit to climb Everest can cost up to 17,000 pounds. Holy fucking shit. Pricey. How'd that 13-year-old would like... Mow, yes. Mowing lawns? Like, what did he do? Turning tricks? Hopefully... That you get an all year round pass for that. I think it's once up, once down. If you want to get the all year round pass, it's like sixty thousand, and then another twenty thousand if you wanted the front of the queue pass. <laughs> well, you can bring a handicap guy. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that actually. There's some definitely oh. been some handicap people go up there, so we'll get to that some, some of those. Um, all right, uh, climbers burn twenty thousand calories on the day of the summit climb. Yeah. And an average of 10,000 a day on the rest of the climb. So it's... Holy shit. You'd fucking... You'd lose some weight. Well, I mean, what do you, like, burn in a regular day? Give me a comparison. Isn't your daily average... Like, you're only meant to have, like, 3,000 calories a day something or something? Like that, yeah. Or even yeah. less than that, less actually, than that, I think. I think. I mean, to lose... 3,000 like, kilojoules or something. To, like, lose two pounds a week, I would... I need to consume, like, 1,300 calories. Yeah, right. So... That's so like, it's not much. It's like no. 2,000 calories, I think. is So, like, 20,000 is a lot. So, you're saying I should go to Everest. Like, what I'm saying is, just is, a, this is... This is just a... Is this like an intervention? Like, yeah. you want me to... Okay, I get it. I have tits. I get it. What I'm saying is they should have 
a McDonald's on at Everest. the tippity top because people need the calories and you can't Famished. be you can't be like lugging all that food up right. there. You need right. a Macca's there. And I I don't think there's anything better than eating a Big Mac when there's hardly any oxygen. That's how you truly enjoy them. Yeah, the McSherpa meal. You've never actually tasted a Big Mac until you've had it with no oxygen. Right. Yeah. Um, that's why when I go to McDonald's, I often like to just take a uh, a small plastic bag that I put over my head. <laughs> they call that the Sir Edmund Hillary Burger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the record for the most summits is 21. Jeez, what? Held Sherpa, by, right? Held by 53-year-old Arpa Sherpa. Yeah. Known as Super Sherpa. Fuck yeah, he is. Super Sherpa. When they gave him a cape, he was like, hey, you guys, come on. Come on, guys. Really? Uh, Babu Chiri Sherpa has remained at the summit for the longest single period. Oh. He was up there for 21 hours. Okay, that's crazy. From what I've read, like, you get you get delirious up there because of the lack of oxygen. That's why, that's he, goes how, up, that's why he goes up there to get fucked up. <laughs> You haven't got high until you've got fucking high, motherfucker. I don't know what I am, bro. (laughs) Come on down. Come on down. Not until I ride this squirrel. Dude. (laughs) Dude, we just... (laughs) Um, The first blind person Mm. to reach the summit. Okay. Number one, if you have this on the record, you should have done it alone. Otherwise, it's the first blind person with another guy leading him around. Oh, yeah. He did have eight frozen dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the first blind person was American Eric Weinhenmeyer in 2001. Uh, He later said he was just going to drop the shops. No. (laughs) I, um, I, uh, so, uh, yeah, so first blind person. Uh, climbers started using bottled oxygen. Uh, cl- climbers start using bottled oxygen at twenty six thousand feet. Yeah, it makes a three thousand feet difference in how they feel. Yeah, I can. Yeah, from what I read. On May two thousand thirtieth of May two thousand and five, Pim Dorji Sherpa and Moni Mulapati became the first couple to be married at the summit. What? Yeah, there you go. They got married. I don't know there. about that. Quick ceremony, I guess. I mean, it does weed out your guests. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody, hold on. We're going to do a little something. Let's change some vows. When you get that invitation, you're like, guys, we're getting married. Uh, P.S. Uh, it's on the top of Everest. And this one's going to cost a lot. <laughs> uh, bridesmaids, I do have gowns. <laughs> uh the uh, uh, how about this one an estimated 400 kilograms of human waste 900 pounds of human waste was removed from the mountain during clear ups between 2008 and 2011 so in three years they took down 900 pounds of human waste Um, but not the bodies hey thanks guys hey could you get my cousin Louie I'm sorry I have a giant bag of shit I'm bringing down Hey, could you stop taking shit off the mountain and get my brother, John, please? We just want to bury him next to his parents. <laughs> no. Nope. A lot of shit up there. In 1934, the soldier and eccentric Maurice Wilson attempted to climb Everest solo. Crazy. Attempted Des- being the key phrase. Despite little or no mountaineering experience. That's why he's just up there in flip-flops. 
<laughs> with a visor. <laughs> World's worst mountaineer. Uh, oh. Did you say how far he made it before he yeah. died? His body was found. <laughs> A year later, his body was found a year later in 1935, near the 23,000 feet mark. So he got up 23,000 feet before he died. Congrats. Uh, The Italian climber, Reinhold Mosner, made the first successful solo climb in uh, 1980. Reinhold is not an Italian name. Reinhold is an Australian name. Uh, Austrian name. Yeah, not Australian. Yeah, Reinhold is not Italian. He's not Italian. Messner's other record is to be the first to reach the summit without oxygen. Uh, like just in general? <laughs> <laughs> Had his lungs removed. Had his- <laughs> it's got like a recirculation sort of thing now. I just see some guy taping up his mouth with duct tape and then running, <laughs> running the last of he, he, oh, here we go. He achieved that with Austrian Peter Heibel. So he's, I've got, uh, got some Austrian connections. Yeah, see? what I tell you? Reinhold. All right. Uh, the, Austrian, uh, no, the Australian climber. Oh, oh here, here we go. go. An Aussie has got involved. Yep. The Australian climber Christian Stenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Holds the record for the fastest climb. And Made Breck. on the 25th of May, 2006. Oh. And, so, then he, and then he had Brecky. Yeah. Just got fastest up there. Had some fucking Brecky. Yeah, the Australian was like, all right, up and down. See you later. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 10th of May, 1993, 40 climbers uh, reached the top, the most in any one day. How many died? No, it just says there was 40 up there that Well, day. that's a little crowded. Fucking, that would ruin your experience. You're like, really? I, really? The one day. Jesus. The one day I climbed Seriously. Up and it's crowded today? You guys all do the same fucking thing? Really? Can you move? I want to take a picture. <laughs> Please. Does anybody have a cigarette? The largest group to climb Everest was a 410-member Chinese team in 1975. We get it. You have a population problem. We get it. You don't all have to climb the mountain at the same fucking time. In May 2006, the New Zealander Mark Inglis became the first double amputee to reach the summit. Wow. What do you do in your life, Dave? Oh, well, I didn't drag myself to the top of a mountain. Which uh, which part which amp, which amps did he lose? Uh, during legs. the ascent, he broke one of his prosthetic legs. Holy shit! Yeah. And so when you say you up. can't achieve something, a yeah. legless dude fucking climbed yeah. Everest. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get to the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, how's this? An adhesive tape temporarily repaired it, so they just taped him up. Oh, yeah. I bet it was duct tape. I bet it wasn't just like a masking tape thing. Everest grows about four millimeters higher every year. Fuck you. The climbers have left an estimated 120 tons of litter on the mountain. Well, they got their shit off. Including oxygen tanks, tents, and bodies. Well, the- <laughs> I could see... I, I know that in the... Into the mist, uh, one they, like guys went crazy and got, went, left their tents. The highest 848 meters of the mountain are known as the Death Zone. Well, I mean, I don't go into places known as the Death Zone. Like if I see a sign that says you're now entering the Death Zone, I think I'm not. I'm not going to enter the Death Zone. 
Did you know that Sherpa is the name of a nomadic people in eastern Nepal who also use it as their last name? Usually their first name is the day of the week on which they were born. Well, so their first name is the day of the week and their last name Sherpa. Look, there's just a lot of Wednesday Sherpas. I would not... I would rather I didn't know that. Because <laughs> it makes Sherpas seem kind of like idiots. <laughs> Adam Sandler is the Sherpa. Hey, let me call it. Hey, Thursday, come here. <laughs> no, seriously, his name's Thursday. Um, I'm watching an old Survivor episode. Uh, I was, because I've got my Hulu plus here I can catch up on some shit that I missed when I was away on tour and uh, one of the reward challenges on a couple of seasons ago Survivor was um, they got to go to the movies and watch the worldwide premiere of Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill I'm not sure when anybody knows what reward means right that was one it was one of those great things in hindsight where you're like this is hilarious because that's (laughs) terrible like and then and like, even if you've been fucking starving for 30 days, yeah. this is still a terrible yeah, movie. This is my reward? It's like saying, hey, I've been starving for 30 days. Here's a canker sore. <laughs> Adam Sandler is the canker sore. <laughs> um, in 1953, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay reported seeing large footprints while ascending. Oh, shit. Hillary later discounted Yeti reports as unreliable. <laughs> I mean, I saw him, but I, you know, I didn't really. Uh, last week, the Japanese geriatric Yuchiro Miura, age 80, became the oldest person to climb Everest. Okay, that guy's a stud. 80. He previously climbed it, age 70 and 75. He's a stud. He wins. He beats everybody. He beats the guy without the legs. He beats it all. Oldest woman to climb, also Japanese. Don't care for this story. <laughs> finished with a lovely How old is she she was uh 73 that's amazing 73. when i'm 73 i'm just gonna be laying on a floor somewhere right that's how i picture it climbing i'm not i'm not climbing 73 is that's crazy i mean it is amazing isn't it to yeah. think because i i'm a bit like you i i mean i'll be even amazed if i make it to 73 yeah. years old yeah fuck man seriously yeah. i'm drinking I, a beer in the middle of the day doing a podcast yeah. now i mean it's not what am i good. doing when i'm 70 it's not looking good i'm not it's no. going to be terrible no. it's going to be a terrible idea but um it's amazing to think that you could climb fucking that everywhere i see 73 year olds that can barely walk down their fucking driveway let alone she did do a bit of it on one of those electric scooters ah <laughs> you're trying to climb that right behind you <laughs> Uh, finally, geologically speaking, Mount Everest is about 60 million years old. I don't believe that. Or about 6,000 years old, if you believe the Bible. <laughs> so, either of those are acceptable answers. I don't believe that. It's 60 million years old. Prove it. It's one of the first things, man. Prove it. It has a little plaque down the base. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Signed, open by God. Oh. Built and open by God. The Lord... Uh... The Lord himself, back then, yeah. Okay, I did not know he was... uh, Did all the big mountains. I didn't know he he did openings, I guess. Well, he did all the big mountains, and then, like, a lot of... Then, 
I mean, like Little Mountains are kind of just based on his work. They're not right. Yeah, uh, knockoffs. Oh, the big stuff. Yeah, the big the, ones he did. I mean, it's like when you know Richard Branson's there when he launches an airline, but it's not yeah. like he's at every right. You know, he's yeah. Although I was on a Virgin plane the other day, and they now have a you can send. You know, how you can order food to yours like on the yes. little screen. You can like yeah. plug in your order, and they just know what to bring you. Second greatest invention by mankind. So there's also a thing now where you can send a gift to another passenger. Oh, hey, I want to fuck you. Here's some hummus. <laughs> you can uh, buy Dave Anthony's album. It's called Shame Chamber. You should buy it. Yeah. Here's why you should buy it. Mm. A, it's great. Yes. B, it's inexpensive. It's value. Oh, yeah. It's so worth it, especially it's if you're going to it's with the, the American dollar is still less than, right? Uh, no, 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 no. A little no. bit, right? No, we're down, we're, we're, it's not good enough. Congrats. Essentially, based on how the dollar is, I now have to make my career in America work. Really? For me to be here. As opposed uh, to what? the last few years yeah, where I was just skiting sk- by on the fucking <laughs> free money. <laughs> It's like I, I would go to Australia, take the money, and then yeah. and then come here where my yeah. money was worth more, and yeah. live like that. Well, I, I enjoyed it. I would like it to rebound because when I do the festival next year, I would like the money to be worth more. So when I come back to America, I have basically robbed a, a bank or something. It's not going to be. No. Good luck with that. Okay. But um, uh, buy his album is what I'm saying, and then they'll you know bring him down to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and that would be great. Uh, you know, maybe we can even do a live one of these. Ooh. At the Melbourne Comedy Festival, if yeah. you know Dave gets invited to the festival, if we don't right. Know right now, if people buy his album, yeah. So here's what you should do: buy his album, yeah. right? Um, thanks to everyone for doing the uh, TOEFOP quotes on Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, if you don't know what that is, if there's any quotes from the show, any lines from the show, whatever, if you're on Twitter or Tumblr, tag them TOEFOP quotes, and they all get compiled. It's really good fun. So uh, thank you for people for doing that. And also, if you could rate the show on iTunes, that always helps keep us up near the top of the charts and that sort of thing. So that's cool. Uh, Dave Anthony, at Dave Anthony on Twitter. Um, your podcast, The Dolp. Your podcast, Walking the Room. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to, oh, so, um, I have shows on sale, particularly in Australia, uh, Sydney, uh, Perth and Darwin. No, no, not Darwin at the moment. I'm trying to find a Darwin date. Um, Sydney, Perth and Canberra at the moment, only a couple of shows in each of the cities. So, um, if you want tickets, get in, uh, quickly for that one. So, uh, that would be really cool. And, um, I have some shows coming up. Uh, this will probably, uh, come up before my Washington DC show. So uh, if you're in Washington DC, please uh, come out and see me. I will post all the details on my Twitter, which is at Will underscore Anderson. Dave, could you please sign this podcast off? Um, Fofine.